Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free Monday edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And we're not just here on Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report for a Monday. I know, sorry, but there's nothing I can do about that. But we can try to make your Monday a little bit better. I, of course, am your podcast pal, Ralph Garman. And sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Uh, Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Uh, not everybody has off. My kid's at school. I know your kid's out. Yeah, my kid's out yeah, today. Yeah. So <laughs> so I got to go do stuff now. I don't know what it means. I got to go be a parent. My kid doesn't love America or something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Eddie Pence, congratulations. Your uh, your powerhouse Washington Redskins were able to topple the mighty, <laughs> the Buccaneers, mighty Buccaneers yesterday. Gave up 501 yards of offense. That and, was nuts. And allowed three points. That it's insanity. The defense really made the made the day insanity. obviously for that uh, team. Yeah, but, uh, crazy. Then the turnovers at the end. It was all. It was all just. It was magical all, for you. It was ugly football. I couldn't imagine being a Buccaneers fan right now. <laughs> oh, that's those poor bastards. Oh my god. However, my Philadelphia Eagles uh, did not rise to the challenge, and it is always bad for me. It always makes it for a bad Monday for me when the Eagles lose. But when they lose to the fucking Cowboys, oh, yeah, it's brutal, man. Especially this Cowboys team. Just uh, getting getting me to the microphone today was no small feat. <laughs> there was an eight ball involved, and there's been uh, some injections, some Viagra. You got your dirty Eagles jersey. You look like that uh, the bad Superman, and Superman threw is all drunk me. in the garbage yes. yard. I'm gonna go fight myself in the in the junkyard. <laughs> but let's get on to other things like today's show. Jock full of stuff today. Here's just some of the things we're gonna talk about today. We, of course, will be doing all the entertainment news in just a minute. My kid, Olivia Garman, will be stepping in with Livy at the movie. She's going to do her review of The Grinch that oh, we saw yeah, over we the saw weekend. The, Colton and I saw The Grinch, too. Who did I play on Family Guy last night? Well, we'll be talking about that as well. And then today is the first chapter of my week-long series of interviews with comedian Bobby Slayton, one of the legends, one of those guys who's just been doing it in yeah. clubs for, I don't know, 30 years. The pit bull of comedy. The pit bull of comedy, as he is known. Good friend of mine, Bobby, always makes me laugh, and we had a really interesting conversation. You'll hear it all this week. Okay, let's get things started by talking to you folks, the Garmy, who are kind enough to reach out and uh, send us suggestions, comments, ideas for segments. Without you participating, this show would not be what it was. You can always reach me at ralph at theralphreport.com. I read every single email. Eddie also is available at eddie at theralphreport.com. You can check in, or you can leave a message. At the Ralph Report hotline, like many of you do, you know the number by now. It's 1-833. Hi, Ralph. <laughs> you can always reach me there. I hear them all. I listen to every one of them. Can't always get back to everyone, but occasionally I like to grab a fistful of calls that you left behind on the voicemail and uh, start the show off with them. And that's what we're going to do today. Call me. I'm Ralph. It's the This 
comes from John, and I got to say, I know it's a little self-serving, but it felt good to get a little love from the Garmy, and John certainly was there for us in a big way. Hey, Ralph, John from Inner Valley here. I just wanted to say thank you for all the content you've been putting up lately, all the hard work you guys have been putting in. Just for 15 cents a show, I might add, which is well worth it. Anyway, I really like that you take suggestions from the fans. You use segments based on calls and what they want to hear. I really like the progression of the show, all the stuff that you guys have been doing. Keep up the good work. And I hope to see you for my first time at the live show, if my buddy Ray can go, it would be great. Maybe we can actually meet up with you after and get you a good drink of whiskey. Anyways, keep up the good work, man. Hello, boo. How nice is John? That's nice. That was such a such a nice call to get, John. I really appreciate. Didn't that. want anything. Didn't no, need just, anything. Just, just so full of no, love. Saying no so critiquing. Many nice things about the just, show. Just a nice call. And I hope to see you at the live show as well, John. Uh, for folks who haven't heard yet, we are doing yet another live the Ralph Report in front of a live audience. We're going to record the podcast live with me and Pence and Steve Ashton from the UK will be there. My wife Carrie will be there. It all happens at the Improv in Irvine, California, down in Orange County, California. The Improv in Irvine is the late show on Friday, September 7th. December 7th, a date which will live in infamy. It's going to live in infamy for uh, for another reason on December 7th. So come on out and join us. You can go to improv.com, click on locations, click on Irvine. Click on event calendar, and that's where you can get your tickets. Um, a lot of folks, speaking of listeners' calls, a lot of people sometimes reach out to me and say, why do you uh, reset the segments so often? Why do you explain what the segments are and, and why you're doing them and what they entail? Here's the thing. We get new listeners yeah. all the time, and not everybody's been around since the beginning to know exactly the format of the show and what the segments are and, and why we do what we do. Case in point, this message was left by Josiah in Vegas, and he had a question about a couple things. Hey, Ralph. I got in a bit late. I was wondering about two origins. First off, where does LMB come from? I gather that it's got a few different meanings and can mean pretty much whatever whatever you want, but standards like my balls. And I was wondering where I came from, but then also, where does Eddie come from? When did he get into, into your show? How did he become the vice host? I'd love to hear these explanations. Thanks, Josiah from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, LMB. All right. You don't even know what LMB means, and you're using it, Josiah. You're a brave, brave man. Um, Josiah's new to the show. He wants to know a couple things about it. LMB, where does that come from? Well, if you listen to the end of each show, Josiah, I sign off by saying, love you, mean it, bye. Love you, L, M, mean it, B, bye. And I started signing off my emails that way. <laughs> and one time I signed off an email, LMB, exclamation point, and the person I was writing to thought I was telling them to lick my balls. <laughs> so that's why that misinterpretation now has become the standard here for the show. Although LMB, yes, can mean many things. It can mean love my brain, as yeah. we heard one lady earlier last week, uh, lick my balls, lick my boobs. It can mean many yeah. things. Whatever. As long as it has an L and M and a B in it, it can right. mean whatever you want. So you can play with that yourself and come up with your own meaning. But technically, it's supposed to be love you, mean it, bye. That's what that means. And where did Eddie Pence come from? Well, I started doing this show by myself. 
And I, I thought I would do a different tone, a different kind of show, something sort of more quiet, more thoughtful, less rambunctious, less, less smart-alecky. Uh, <laughs> all the things that I'm known for in other venues like Hollywood Babylon or on the radio, I thought I'd do a different side of me on this show. And no one was interested in that side of me, quite frankly. <laughs> and people kept recommending, you know, you would be better if you had someone to talk to, to bounce stuff off of, maybe make fun of on occasion. Yeah. No, I offer that. In quantities. And Eddie Pence, just <laughs> when I looked at the, the list of things I needed to, to, to fulfill, those, fulfill those obligations, Eddie Pence's name just came to the top of the list. And that's why he joined me. I don't know how long, how many, 100 episodes ago now? Something like that. I started end of May, I believe. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah. Hell, time's flying by. So that's where the vice host comes from, Josiah. <laughs> so now you're completely caught up. Now you and the rest of the Garmin, you're on the same page. Welcome to the show. Speaking of new elements of the show, you know, Darren, our Scottish listener, who has left a couple of messages. Love Darren. You're not alone. Uh, a lot of people love Darren, especially the ladies. <laughs> the ladies love Darren. Here comes a call re- recommending a new segment on the show. Hey, Ralph and Eddie. I had a suggestion. Can that Scottish guy, you know, maybe call in every day, <laughs> say something? I think the last time I heard him, I had to rewind it three times because it was, you know, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Eddie could have phone sex with him. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I we think, don't I think that. that would be, that would be, that would be really nice. No, it would no, not it would be. Thank you. Bye. No. It would, it would just, it would be, it would just be no. crossing the streams yeah, there. Yeah, you don't want to cro- ever cross the streams. One guy would be getting you moist, the other guy would be drying you out. It would be, it would just be a push. It there would, would conf- be, yeah, get confuse your body. Way be too no much. upside to that at all. Uh, however, Darren is quickly becoming a sensation. The ladies love Darren. And Darren, if you're out there, reach out to me. Send me an email at ralphattheralphreport.com. We need to set up some sort of uh, regular... Just He could call up and just say three-syllable words. Well, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> our UK correspondent Steve Ashton sent me a note over the weekend saying, here's an idea for a new segment. Just have Darren just like read ingredients off the yeah, back that's what I'm of, saying. Just the back of a, like a salad dressing bottle. Just or, read stuff. So he could just, just it doesn't even matter what he's saying. He just has to enunciate yeah. words. So we're going we're gonna to work something out with Darren. But don't worry. We're, we're hearing you, ladies. We know you want more Darren, and we're going to do our best to do that for you. Speaking of Steve Ashton, he often chastises me, and apparently rightly so, for not yet having watched the show Peaky Blinders, which is a British show about the, uh, the British mob. Is it on Netflix or something? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. I think it's a BBC show. BBC show? And you can find it on Netflix. And I've heard from other people, and it's terrific as well. Uh, he always recommends that I watch it. He's very upset with me that I haven't watched it. I promise I'm going to get around to it, but no one is as upset with me about not watching Peaky Blinders as Bridget. Hey, Ralph, this is Bridget, formerly of Long Island, four-star general here. I got to tell you, I'm disappointed. Peaky fucking Blinders? You haven't watched Peaky fucking Blinders yet? What is wrong with you? You need to watch it. It is fucking awesome. Great show. Need to watch. Amazing. Fantastic. Watch Peaky fucking Blinders. Bye. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Jeez, I feel like Carmela Soprano is yelling at me over the phone. I'm like instinctually leaning backwards as she's yelling. She doesn't sound like she's from Long Island at all, does she? Oh, wait a minute. Wow. Bridget. All right. I hear you. Peaky fucking blinders. Jeez, I feel like Tony Soprano. Calm. Why are you yelling at me for? All right. I'll, I'll, listen, I'll watch the show. Uh, we also got some people complaining about the saxophone debate. We 
were doing it was National Saxophone Day. Yeah, I what think. was our debate about it? Well, it, it, I didn't know it was a debate at the time. I didn't think it was. <laughs> I played some John Coltrane for for Saxophone Day, and I thought that would suffice. Yeah, one of the great sax, jazz saxophone players of all time. Just a sample. Yeah. Then we had a caller who was very upset with me saying you needed to play Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty because that was the greatest pop song saxophone solo you did. of all time, and I played a little of this. Yeah. Agreed, said yes, that is a genius uh, pop song use of saxophone there. Yes. And I thought we could just let it lie there. No, 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 I, w- I was very wrong. <laughs> hey, Ralph, I was just calling in about the whole saxophone best song ever. Yes, come on, Careless Whisper is the sexiest song of all time. It's amazing. Anybody who doesn't think so can lick my inner balls. Inner balls, love you, mean it. Bye. She's a woman, so I, I guess know, they haven't dropped. I've never heard inner balls. Uh, the sexiest song of all time, by the way, is awesome. Yep. And look, okay, all right. I didn't know you like you didn't make I'm a statement. Not, this is the greatest saxophone song of all time. I just I can't. <laughs> Everyone has. Okay, here you go. <laughs> She's not wrong. That super, is super sexy. That is super sexy. So we had Baker Street and Karis was. Or let's let let's just all agree to disagree. And they're all good songs. Everyone, saxophone, everyone think your good favorite saxophone song, and then you play it on your own. I know. I know. This is just opening up a can of worms. Now we're going to be dealing with these repercussions for for weeks to come. Jason also left us a voicemail message. I thought this was an interesting topic, and I want to get your opinion on this too, Eddie, because my opinion on this subject has shifted some. And we'll talk about one. Okay. Hey, Ralph. Hi, Eddie. This is Jason from Mississippi, and I had a question for you guys. When is it appropriate to put up my Christmas ornaments and my lights? Being in the South, we have people that are already starting to do it. I want your input on this. Lick my balls. Bye. <laughs> now, <laughs> lick your Christmas balls? Well, I like how it goes up at the end. Lick my balls. Lick my balls. <laughs> um, it is that time of year. It is post Halloween, post Halloween, yeah. pre Thanksgiving, which is the gray area. It's like when is it too soon to decorate for Christmas and to start to celebrate with all the lights and the decorations and put the wreath on the door and put the inflatables up on the lawn and get your tree up? When is it too soon? What is the sweet spot for decorating right. for Christmas? And I used to bitch and moan for many years about people who started too early. I used to think that the beginning of November was just too early. It's a little, little early. That, that November 25th through December 25th, that month, was plenty of time to have your, your holiday decorations up. However, I have altered my opinion that I believe now that the beginning of November is completely acceptable. And I'll tell you why. It happened when I became a dad. Yeah. Watching my kids' reaction to the decorations going up for Christmas, the Christmas music starting to being played, watching her enjoy that stuff for me now has become such a source of joy myself that I could I can easily go a month and a half with yeah. it and not have a problem. And they, they can't get enough of it. So. They really can't. They, they really don't can't. get old. It doesn't get old for them. They don't get tired of nope. it. 
after Christmas, my kid still likes listening to Christmas music where I'm just I'm like, you got to stop setting my stop. teeth on edge. I can't hear Holly Jolly Christmas oh. one more goddamn time. So I used to be a real Scrooge, a real Grinch, pardon the expression, <laughs> about that stuff and bitch and moan that the stores started putting decorations up right after Halloween. But now I've sort of mellowed and I've crossed over to the other side and I'm okay with it. And when it. I was a kid, we always did it the night after Thanksgiving. That's when we would start that decorating. That was, was my tradition We'd Thanksgiving too. and then yeah. we would decorate. And that's yeah. the way it always was. Yeah. Uh, when I got older and lived on my own, I would start decorating around Thanksgiving. But And then once I had a kid, he starts listening to Christmas music in September. And I have to put like a kibosh All on right, it because I that's can't. Nuts. I can't deal with no, it. No, you got it. You got uh, November one my, for me. Yeah, my rule with him was like, okay, after Halloween, you can do Christmas. Yeah, that's that's where I've had to set it now. So it's Halloween up until October thirty first, and then we have we can do Christmas after that. So Jason, it's probably so, not the answer you wanted. No, it sounded like he was uh, he was kind of chap ass that folks in his neighborhood were already putting up their well, lights. The local radio station just started playing Christmas music this weekend. I'm twenty four seven. I'm now. okay with so. it. I really am. It's just early November for me is okay, but yeah. nothing. Pre-Halloween, no. Nothing pre-11-1. Yeah. That's, that's my cutoff. All right, so that's your answer. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, it is one of... Christmas is involved with one of the three things I learned this weekend. You know, uh, over the weekend, I keep tabs. I try to keep my eyes open, and if I'm learning anything new, I bring it in and talk about it on Monday's show. And I did pick up a few things over the weekend, so it's time for the top three things I learned this weekend. The top three things I learned this weekend. Number three. All right, number three does have to do with Christmas, and I found this out this weekend, and I gotta say, I feel like a kid at Christmas. I could not be more excited for this item. I didn't know this was a thing until until this weekend. There is a brand new advent calendar. You know what an advent calendar is, Eddie? Well, you get Colton a Lego one every year. There you go. And every day there's new little Lego. An advent calendar is a calendar that counts down the days to Christmas. And you open up the little door, and usually inside of it there's a little message, or Or sometimes there's a little gift or or a piece of candy or something. But it's a little tradition where every day leading up to Christmas, starting on the 1st of December. December 1st up to the 25th. You kind of open up, you go through that calendar, and that's your countdown calendar. It's called an advent calendar for those who aren't familiar. I've just found out this weekend that Jack Daniels has made a Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey (laughs) advent calendar. It is 23 days of mini bottles of Jack Daniels inside of it. You open up a door and there's a little mini bottle of Jack Daniels in there. And it, it, hand, it, it covers all the different variations of Jack Daniels. It's got the, the Tennessee Honey, the Tennessee Fire, the Gentleman's Jack, all the is different there, kinds of Jack Daniels. Is there that many flavors of Jack Daniels? I don't know if there's exactly 23 or not. I would think maybe they would have to double down double on down. a couple of them, which is all right by me. <laughs> but the fact that there's what they call the festive whiskey calendar makes just my Christmas that much merrier. So if anyone's looking for a gift, you know what to get your old pal, Ralph Garvey. It's going to be great if you skip a few days and then you can just double up oh, the day yeah. of the week. Oh, I forgot about Wednesday. <laughs> glug, 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 glug. But they're just those mini airplane bottles. I barely feel right? those. It's eh, a shot. Whatever. I put that in my breakfast in the morning. That doesn't phase me anymore. All right, that's the third thing I learned this week. And here's number two. Number two. You know, uh, I mentioned the end of last week, my wife is out of town. She's still out of town. She left me forever. No, she left me on uh, Wednesday, I want to say. Tuesday night. I believe night. it was Wednesday. Tuesday was night. Wednesday. Tuesday night, I Wednesday Tuesday night. night. I don't know. She's been gone. It's, been, it's, almost, it's practically a week. She will be gone a week by the time it's all said and done. So I am full-time dad, as well as doing the Ralph Report, which has been a bit of a challenge. But over the weekend, it was awesome because I got full 
full-blown daddy-daughter time all weekend long. Saturday, Sunday, it was just me and Olivia hanging out, doing a ton of stuff, laughing our ass off, having a blast. One of the things we've done, we did this weekend was go bowling. Nice. And I have to say, I've forgotten how great bowling is. <laughs> It's one of the great activities you can do yeah. as a human being. It's really fun. It's one of the reasons that we have opposable thumbs, I think, is so that we can throw a bowling ball, <laughs> so that we can put that third hole, we can fill that third hole with our thumbs. It is one of my favorite things to do, and I rarely get a chance to do yeah, it. It's super, yeah, it's one of those things you forget about until you, oh, let's go bowling. You do it, you're like, oh, why don't I do this all the time? Right. I, I yeah. can't remember the last time I was that, that happy when yeah. I was in the middle of bowling with my kid. First of all, it's great for kids because they can do it because they get the bumpers they put the bumper you know, up in, they just... in the gut so that everything gets down to the end of the end of the, the lane i was having a blast i used to be on a, on a bowling league you had a bowling league in junior high school i was on a bowling league Did you have the shirt and everything we had the, the whole ball nine yards four of us we were a team and we would go i didn't have my own ball i used well, to use the lane balls yeah. i wasn't that much of a commitment <laughs> I, you know it was more just to hang out with my buddies than it was to kind of bowl but i just remember the camaraderie and just the joy of that activity and i just had i don't know why i stopped i just stopped bowling i hadn't bowled in years and then to go again with my kid this weekend just kind of reminded me, well, first of all, it's one of the great drinking sports. You can drink and bowl. Yeah, pretty much. And that yeah. is, uh, any sport you can actually <laughs> imbibe alcohol while you're doing it is okay in my I book. I thought you didn't like There's golf. not many of Golf? Them. You can drink and nah. golf. How you hold, you're not holding your beer. No, but you just walk over the cart and grab your beer. It's nah. a, you don't have the beer out on the lane. There's sun, there's heat. It's just, <laughs> no. It's not air conditioning, indoors. The call button, the waitress comes and brings you stuff, nachos, beer, whatever you want. Yeah. It's the great drinking man's sport. It really is. I mean, there's like darts and pool and bowling. Those pool, are the three pool's big. Pool's fun, too. But mm. bowling crushes it. So we got to do some sort of uh, Garmy bowling event or something. Yeah, well, that'd be fun. We're going to rent out an entire uh, bowling alley, and we'll get all the lanes, and we'll do some sort of uh, Garmy meetup bowling that'd tournament be fun. thing. Maybe a charity thing or something, whatever. I'm just I'm determined now not to <laughs> surrender my love of bowling. Some Garmy bowling shirts. I've been I've been reintroduced to my love of bowling and I'm going <laughs> to hang on to it this time. So that was number 2. Number 1. And the number 1 thing and I say this every time my wife has to go someplace and I take over as the full-time caregiver to my kid. But let's never forget and take for granted what a incredibly difficult job it is to be a full-time parent. Uh, my wife, God bless her, she uh, she gave up uh, working. She doesn't work anymore. She's just her job is just to take care of us and the home and my kid, and she does a remarkable job with it. And anyone who thinks that isn't just the hardest thing in the world is just an idiot. Yeah. Anyone who looks down on someone who's a full time caregiver for a child or running a household is a fool because it's it's, it's so much more taxing than just. Doing a no, job. It's one of the few things you have to completely give up of yourself. Yes. Completely. And uh, we're talking physically, physically, mentally, everything. mentally. Your focus cannot waver if you're doing a good job at being a full time yeah. parent. And uh, I, I, I say this every time my, my wife's away and I have to take care of my kid full time, which is a joy, by the way. I'm also very jealous of my wife that she gets to do this all the time. But at the end of the day, I'm like ready to put my head on the pillow <laughs> it's because exhausting. I feel like. Wow. Yeah. So uh, as much as I may say, you know, that the Ralph report is a lot of work. It's 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 become once again crystal clear to me that that taking care of my daughter and getting her to school and taking care of afterwards and getting the homework done and just 
getting her hair done. I mean, there's just a million things you got to do and with a kid. Be there to answer what questions they have, and, and know, again, it's, it's the crazy. best job in the world. But it is. It, it, it's all need, consuming. It is all consuming. Yeah. So a, a salute to all the full time moms and dads out there who are taking care of their kids and doing a great job at it because it really is the the hardest job you'll ever love, as they used to say about the army. But um, I, I can't. I can't give my wife enough credit, and hopefully she's listening to this in Miami Beach while she's laying by the pool. <laughs> Relaxing. So she knows when she comes home, it's game on. The top three things I learned this weekend. All right, let's take a look at the calendar here in the Batcave Wall to take a look at all the holidays that are associated with today, Monday, November 12th. You know, each and every day of the calendar does have a bunch of holidays to it, and we break them down for you in a segment we call Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Of course, it is Veterans Day. I guess yesterday was officially Veterans yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah, It's November 11th, it's, apparently. So I guess it's honored or observed today. It's observed on the first Monday following that date. And uh, Veterans Day is the official United States holiday that honors those who have served in the U.S. Armed Forces and it also coincides with Armistice Day and Remembrance Day. There's a couple of them around the world where yeah. people take time out to remember the folks who uh, fight for their countries. And today is no exception. So if you know a vet, thank them for their service. And uh, uh, my dad served. I know your parents. Uh, my dad served. My dad's, brother served. Yeah, your family's yeah. full of military. My father-in-law folk. served, yeah. So uh, thank them for everything that they did for us. Today is also National Pizza with the Works Except for Anchovies Day. <laughs> Which is actually a thing. <laughs> I am not. I don't mind anchovies on pizza. Well, I can't I imagine do, you're not uh, eating anchovies not on eating pizza. Anchovies. My kid, my eight-year-old daughter, loves anchovies. They're just very pizza. salty, right? Isn't that the thing? They're just really salty. Yes, but they're also pretty fishy too. Oh, really? It tastes oh, yeah. very much like fish, like a sardine. Yeah, like sardine very much fishy. like that. It's like Ooh. a salty, fishy Ooh. flavor. No, thank you. And that is one of my kids' few requests when we get a pizza. Oh, she can give or take a lot of stuff, but she she asks for the anchovies. But apparently a lot of people feel the way you do because the holiday literally is named <laughs> National Pizzas with the Works Except for Anchovies Day. Today is also Fancy Rat and Mouse Day. What, what's a fancy rat? A fancy mouse? rat and a fancy mouse, Eddie, is uh, the differentiation between the domesticated rat and mouse that you have as a pet versus... <laughs> The one that's going through the garbage in the so in the dumpster behind the, the restaurant. The difference is the cage, is what you're saying. No, not at it's all. The cage. The, they're bred uh, to be pets, and they are remarkable pets. And I, for the longest time, have wanted to have a rat as a pet, and my wife simply will not allow it. <laughs> and I try to explain to her the difference between the domesticated yeah. rat and mouse versus no. the wild rat and mouse, and she cannot see the difference. When they see that tail, no, it just it's a no on the, the tail. Uh, rats. The fancy rat is very intelligent, very affectionate, makes a great pet. They're clean. They're easy to keep. They're not like a dog or a cat where you have to do a whole lot of stuff. to. And you can teach them to do stuff. They're smart. You can train them. What would you teach a fancy rat to do? He can sit on your shoulder. <laughs> and do, he can climb up your arm like a bridge and get to your shoulder. That's sit not on your teach. Head. That's just walking up your arm. That's survival. Right. But they, That's they, not they, teaching. You teach it to How do are you that? teaching it to do they that? Can, they can come when If you called. just set it on your arm, it's going to walk down it. They can, no, you walk, or it's just going to fall off. You'll walk up oh the arm God. and sit on your shoulder. You're, not that, you're, you're giving it too much credit. Yeah, I'm not at all. I've seen this. 
I've seen rats do this. Any, any, they'll come when you're when they're called. A spider. If you put a spider on your finger, it's going to walk up your arm. No, it won't. It'll just sit there oh or bite you. <laughs> Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Rats are easily <laughs> trained. Easily trained. They're super intelligent. Oh my god! You've been, train easy, one you've been easily trained by crawl reading up this. your ass and nibble at your colon. <laughs> those so are, ger- those are gerbils. Uh, anyway. They're very smart and affectionate, and they make ideal pets. Okay. But sadly, I can't have one. Yeah. So. Can't train it to walk up your arm. We're going to hear oh from God. rat fans. I know Eddie, we are. And I'm going to turn them all on you. It's Eddie <laughs> at theralphreport.com. And also leave your voicemail messages if you're a rat lover and teach Eddie a thing or two. So intelligent. You, you teach him to walk. I didn't say walk. Up you can your teach arm. Them to walk it's up ridiculous. your arm. It's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? it's not a thing. And the, the rat comes up off the table, goes up your arm, and comes on your shoulder. That's if you teach cool. it to do a line kick, that's yeah, that's teaching it something. A line kick. What are you going to make a rock? A yeah, rock like the rockets. That like would be something. But a walk up your arm is like okay, you're walking. You don't know, man. I think I do. And then lastly, you know, I love to keep the food-oriented holidays for the last because it's always a challenge to see whether Eddie Pence will eat it or not. It's a fun game you can play at home. Will Eddie <laughs> eat this or not? And today's, I got to tell you. And often I'm going to be accused of liking too many foods, but this is one of my favorites, I got to say. So today is, if you're a fan of sandwiches, and who isn't, this is maybe one of the best. Other than my beloved Philly cheesesteak, I can always go for a French dip. The French dip sandwich today is National French Dip Day. For those who aren't familiar with the French dip, it is hot. Tender slices of beef or pork sliced very thin and then put on a French roll. But then you get a big bowl of au jus next to it. That juicy gravy that you just dip, hence the name French dip, right in there. It's usually got spicy mustard on it. Sometimes there's some cheese on there. And then you just chow down on that French dip sandwich. One of the greats, Eddie Pence, will you eat it or not? Yes. Oh, Eddie Pence. I will eat a French dip sandwich. Eddie Pence eating the French dip. Oh, there you go. Wow. Shocking. It is shocking. I will eat a French. I do like a French dip sandwich. How is that possible? I don't know. It, I'm, I don't know. I do. I would eat one. It's always a surprise. It I is. Tell you. Have you ever had uh, Felipe's? What's Felipe's? Felipe's is the place in Los Angeles. No, it's at Philippe's, I guess. Philippe's? Where's it at? It's downtown near USC. No, I've never had it. It is... Uh, I'm trying to think. 1930s, maybe, was established. It's one of the oldest restaurants in Los Angeles. Really? You know LA doesn't hold on to its history no, it does. very well. Or its restaurants. Yes. This place has been around forever. And Philippe's, yeah, I think it's Philippe's, is the legendary home of the French dip sandwich. I'll have to go Los check Angeles. that out sometime. Yeah. It's a great place I, to grow I up. do like a good French dip. Well, there you go. Oh, man. I'm so surprised. <laughs> this is... It must be Christmas season. You know what? It's like think, Christmas miracle. Maybe I should just start saying I like everything so I don't have to eat it. For you, on uh, camera or in a live show. Well, look, you've said enough things that you don't like. I We've know. got a backlog of things to feed. This you, just clicked so. in my head that I should have been doing this all along. Feel free, you know, if you want to lie, if you want to lie for a living. No, if you want to be one of those guys. No. Honesty is the best policy. If you want to be the Sarah Huckabee Sanders of the <laughs> podcast world, then feel free. But I prefer honesty. That's just me. That's holidays or holidays. <laughs> All right, let's do what we do every day, which is take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. On Mondays here on the Ralph Report, we love to take a look at the top 10 movies at the box office. 
see what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. No surprise here. Eddie went with his kid. I went with yeah. mine. And a lot of people went to see The Grinch over the weekend. It came in at number one with $66 million. Wow. Colton shed weekend. some tears at the end. Did he really? He really did. I looked over. And he's like, I'm crying because I'm happy. I'm like, oh, my God. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked by it. It, was, it. it came out of nowhere to me. What did you think of the film, Ed? I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was. I, there's moments I enjoyed, but it was the same thing where it, was, it felt too contemporary to me. There was moments where it was just like they just, sure did try to make it hip, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and that's that, that's what bothered me about it the most. I think. Well, we talked about this when I was playing the trailer on Friday. Yeah. How I didn't care for. Uh, I don't know who did the the remaking of the uh, the, the Grinch song. Yeah, I forget I who think, it was. Um, I know Pharrell, Pharrell Williams, he, was the narrator. he narrated it. I forget the, the artist who did the song. It's another uh, contemporary artist. And it all felt... It didn't feel like class. I don't know. It doesn't It doesn't feel like it's going to have legs for a long time. It didn't feel like a standalone. It felt very much of its time. You're yeah. absolutely right. That's that's the thing that bothered me about it. And, I, and then you and I are both raised on the classic Christmas TV special, The Grinch Who Stole yeah. Christmas. And that was very much sort of timeless, timeless. in the sense that they didn't timeless. work in any references to the 60s or any of the stuff where that came no from. modern joe is yeah it's just like, so i don't know whether they felt like they had to do that in order to please the adults in the audience or whatever to do that but i that was distracting to that me yeah that's well. that's the thing that bothered me the most but my kid loved it so my kid loved it too so um and she will do a review of it later on in the show today however i gotta say these are my picky yoon points that i didn't really bring up during her review but i'll bring them up with you I thought Pharrell Williams was a not a good choice to be the narrator. For it that was film. distracting to me. He was—he's not an actor. He's no. not—he doesn't have a very commanding or powerful voice. No. When you have Benedict Cumberbatch doing a brilliant job brilliant, yeah. as the Grinch, all the voices, all the people, all the voiceover artists, I think were great in the movie. You need a uh, uh, an actor of significant power to be the narrator to yeah. that story because the narrator plays such a large role in. That he story. honestly, every time he narrated, it pulled me out of the film. Every I mean, you got to remember, Boris Karloff was the yeah. narrator of the original. Anthony Hopkins did the other Grinch. Yeah, and that was brilliant as well. But they should have had uh, a Judy Dench or a Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman or somebody something. with a commanding uh, voice and a real some real acting chops to sell that story. I can't. I don't understand why you picked Pharrell Williams. It was very flat. I don't. I, I yeah. thought it was a real swing and that, a miss. That's one of the things that bothered me the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I also didn't like the fact that they undercut the moral of the story, which has always been that Christmas is more than just the commercial aspect of the holiday. Yeah. It's more than what than the the boxes and the ribbons and the bows. I mean, there's that, that great that great part of the story. They came without ribbons. It came without yeah. boxes. It came with maybe maybe. Christmas doesn't well, come from a store. Maybe, just maybe, it means a little bit more. Colton even said to me, "He's like, oh, why they leave that line out? It's like it's the it's the line of the fi- of the story." And Colton even noticed it, and he loved the movie. He looked at me at the end on the drive home. He's like, they did, "The Grinch didn't say that line. Why didn't he say that it's line?" It's the guts of that yeah. whole story. It's the reason the story exists. Yeah. And if for a kid to notice that, that's huge. I and that's I huge. was flummoxed that they. They, they really soft pedal. There was a moment where Cindy Lou's mom says, oh, it's okay because Christmas isn't here. And then they're back to the Grinch. And the story became about the fact that Grinch was raised in an orphanage and didn't have any friends. And that's a nice story to tell, too. That's a nice moral that it's we should good, be kind and yeah. you know people should be friendly and stuff. But that's not the point of the Grinch story. No, no I said, why? what a swing and a miss that was. Yeah. Why not include that? No, I absolutely agree. And for like I said, for my nine-year-old to recognize that and pull it out, I'm like, wow, he noticed it wasn't there. And then as 
as I passed the kiosk full of Grinch merchandise in the lobby on the way out, I thought, oh, maybe they're not trying to sell the idea uh, that Christmas isn't about commercialism. I think they're trying to sell commercialism. Maybe, maybe they think Christmas is a lot about commercialism. <laughs> and then IHOP is on board too with their green pancakes. Anyway, that's it's. I'm I'm nitpicking here. I think overall it was really well done, very entertaining. Uh, Cumberbatch is brilliant in it. Yeah. Visually, I thought it was terrific. It Animated, looks great. Yeah. There's a lot going but, yeah, on. Yeah, I think my like. biggest beef, other than that, was Pharrell Williams narrating, just kind of took me out of it. Number two at the box office was Bohemian Rhapsody, made $30 million this week, and Overlord was number three. Nutcracker in the Four Realms came in at number four with $9.5 million. Then The Girl in the Spider's Web, the new dragon tattoo story, made $8 million. That was number five. A Star is Born was number six. Nobody's Fool was number seven. Venom came in at number eight. Halloween was number nine. And The Hate You Give came in at number ten this weekend. We got a chance to talk about it earlier today, but we want to mention the fact that uh, there's a lot of folks here in the Southern California area who are dealing with these far, uh, forest fires yeah, up there. Yeah, it's real bad. North of L.A. I and mean, I know we have a lot of Garmin members up there, so I want you to know that we're thinking of you. Uh, certainly was present in the show business news as well. Uh, the Bachelor Mansion, that mansion where they shoot all the Bachelor and Bachelorette shows, that apparently was being threatened by those fires. All those big, beautiful homes just oh, being yeah. burned. Yeah, a lot of people have lost their homes. I mean, there's a lot of people there right now trying, trying to save animals, horses. And uh, Gerard Butler lost his house. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I know some people say, well... How can I feel sorry for someone who's rich and famous? It's still your life. House? It's still all your stuff it's and everything. your memories, and it's it's a brutal way to lose everything that oh, you own. It's wiped out. Yeah. So uh, anyway, keeping a good thought for those people. This was sad. This was a victim of the fire. The legendary Paramount Ranch, historic western town, the Paramount Ranch in Agora Hills, California, was burned to the ground. It was the um, location for so many classic Western films yeah. over the years, all the way back to the 1930s. Legendary. Cecil B. DeMille shot there, Gary Cooper. I mean, just you name it. John Wayne, I shot up there. We did a, a TV show called Quick Draw with John Lair, and I played a uh, marshal, and we shot our episodes up there as well. Westworld was using that as a location. Uh, Tombstone used it as yeah. located. There's uh, just so many great, and great I, Western films. I think Malibu Creek Canyon's in danger too, and that's where they shot Mash. Yeah. So, uh, so like all that's oh, it's just tragic. I mean, literally thousands and thousands of acres destroyed by this fire. So again, we're keeping a good thought for you folks up there. Stay and safe. That part of Southern California has just taken such an emotional beating lately with that shooting up there in Thousand Oaks and now there's fires that are going I had on. A, so. I had a friend who lives in Malibu and his neighbor uh, lost his son in the shooting and the next night lost his house in the oh fire. Oh my lord. Can you believe? I mean, it's unbelievable. <sighs> unbelievable. Brutal stuff. Uh, if you want to, you can donate uh, money to the Red Cross. It's probably the best uh, charity right now to get yeah. uh, people get money to, to funnel to the people who are dealing with these tragedies. Hope if you can and the, support the firefighters and all the people that are helping. Whew, brutal stuff. Uh, this was scary news too. Uh, at the Billy Joel concert this week and Joe Perry of Aerosmith came out on stage to do Walk This Way with Billy Joel and he walked off the stage and then collapsed. Oh no! They said he looked terrible. Paramedics rushed him to the hospital. He's 68 years old and he was rocking pretty hard, but they had to uh, intubate him to clear his airway, to get him to breathe again. People were really scared. He said he did not look good. It turns out he went into the hospital and he had some breathing issues. They said it had to do with congestion of the lungs. He is recovering in the hospital. He could be released. Uh, he may be released by now already, but um, apparently he's gonna be fine, but it was scary moments for those wow. folks who were there 
at that concert. And in more music news, the White House has announced the seven individuals who will be honored by President Donald Trump with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. This is the highest award that can be given to a civilian in the United States, and it's an interesting batch of people going to be getting it. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, Roger Staubach, NFL Hall of Famer, uh, Minnesota Supreme Court Justice Alan C. Page, Orrin Hatch, Babe Ruth will be getting it posthumously, and Elvis Presley also will be honored. It's kind of strange. It is strange. Primarily, the Medal of Freedom is reserved for people who have contributed to the security or national interests of the United States or to world peace. And uh, Elvis Presley was a uh, was a, a drug-addicted hillbilly. I mean, he did serve, right? He did. He, he did, did serve, serve his country. But it seems weird to do that now, to give... I don't know. Okay. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm an Elvis fan. I like his music. So do I. I don't think he's... Uh, He's much of a hero. I, yeah, I think he, there's more uh, people right he, now. He did doing a lot things. of drugs, and I know he liked to watch teenage girls wrestle in their underwear. I know that. Yeah. I mean, maybe he is my hero now that I think about it. <laughs> he used to shoot out his television set. He didn't like what was on it. I've had that impulse from time to time. <laughs> so maybe Elvis is my hero. I don't know. I just thought it was a strange choice. And speaking of heroes, we talked about the fact that Dan Crenshaw had been mocked by Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and we thought it was out of line. Uh, uh, Davidson made fun of him when he was looking, just looking at the, the visuals of some of the people who were Republican who were running for office, and he mocked him because he was wearing an eye patch, yeah. and this guy lost his eye from an IED on his third tour in Afghanistan, for God's sakes. He's a war hero, and we all thought Pete Davidson was out of line, yeah. and it was, uh, well, as mentioned on Saturday Live this weekend, one of the few times where both the right and the left could agree on something, that Pete Davidson was a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he said exactly. as much. I got to say, to his credit, he took his lumps on Saturday Night Live this weekend. He apologized for it. He said he was wrong, and then they brought Dan Crenshaw out during Weekend Update. <laughs> and they had a very funny segment together, including where Pete Davidson said, look, I made fun of how you look. It's only fair if we put up a picture of me and you t- you make fun of how I looked. And it was kind of funny. Here's a little of the audio in case you missed it. And now, first impressions with Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. This is Pete Davidson. He looks like if the meth from Breaking Bad was a person. <laughs> Not bad. So there, we're even. All right. Hold on. Well, one more. This is... The- All right. Looks like a troll doll with a tapeworm. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, that's good. We should wrap this up. Oh, hold on. No, this, this, this is fun. This is fun. Cool. He looks like Martin Short in the Santa Claus story. <laughs> By the way, one of these people was actually good on SNL. They put a picture of Martin oh, Short right. up opposite Pete oh, Davidson. You're not wrong. Yeah, not wrong at all. That was uh, that was pretty strong. We need more of that. Yeah, look, these both these guys, and then they, it's funny, they did their jokes, but then uh, Crenshaw had a very touching speech where he talked about it being, you know, Veteran Day weekend and uh, what, what it means to be an American and how we should forgive each other and never forget. I mean, Pete Davidson's father lost his life. He 9/11. was the first responder yeah. in 9-11. So they had some common ground, and it was kind of cool to see these two sides uh, come together and, and, you know, in a, in a positive way, creating some laughter and some, uh, some unity. You yeah. don't get to see that. We need that. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. If you're born on this day, you share a birthday with the following stars. It's Monday, November 12th. Wallace Shawn, a playwright and an actor. He is 75 years old today. You may know him from uh, Vegas Vacation with Chevy Chase. He was the blackjack dealer. 
Why don't I just <laughs> take you in the back and kick you in the balls? Princess Bride. And, of course, the Princess yeah. Bride. Yes, he was Vizzini yeah. in that. You keep saying that word, but I don't think it means what you Inconceivable. <laughs> he was just so funny in that. And, of course, uh, maybe one of the great exits ever in a movie when he goes up against the Dread Pirate Roberts and they have a battle of the wits about which goblet of wine has been poisoned. <laughs> and he has to try to deduce which which goblet of wine he should drink when he's up against uh, Carrie Elwes stars as the Dread Pirate Roberts in this scene. You guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> he just goes down. It's such a brilliant such performance. Such a great voice. Uh, Wallace Shawn, 75 years old today. Also 75 is singer Brian Hyland. You may not know that name. He was a heartthrob in the early 60s. Had a ton of hits. You don't hear so much about him anymore, but uh, this was a big one. Though we gotta say goodbye for the summer. Darling, I promise you this. I'll send you all my love every day in a letter sealed with a kiss. Oh, that's a good slow dance one right there. Actress Megan Mullally is 60 years old today. Can you believe she's 60 I, from Willing Grace? That's shocking to me. That's really shocking she's to me. She's a stunning 60-year-old. Wow. Singer Neil Young is 73 years old today. Neil Young... I know I'm going to take some shit for this. I know, I know. Supposedly he's a, he's a legend, and he's one of the great songwriters, I guess, of the '60s or whatever. I don't get it at all. I just he is lost on me. As a songwriter, I think he's okay. As a singer, the voice is not. How the yeah. how in God's green earth did this guy ever become a recording the artist? The voice is strange. It's it's uh, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> it's your nuts and a pair of pliers. It's it's this. I've been to Hollywood. I've been to Redwood. I crossed the ocean for a heart. Really? <laughs> well, anyway, happy, yeah, birthday, happy birthday, Neil Young. Ryan Gosling's 38. Guitarist Buck Dharma of the Blue Oyster Cult. He celebrates his birthday today. He's 71. Actress Anne Hathaway is 36 years old today, and legendary keyboardist, organ player Booker T. Jones of Booker T. and the MGs is 74 years old today. One of the great instrumental hit songs of all time is Green Onions by Booker T. and the MGs.
That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. As I mentioned, my daughter Olivia and I went to see The Grinch this weekend. And you know, when we go to see a kid's film, we'd love to have Olivia come on the show and be a movie reviewer. It is a kid's honest opinion about kids' movies. It's a segment we call <laughs> Livy at the Movies. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome once again to Livy at the Movies, the kids' movie review show where kids' movies are reviewed by an actual kid. And your host, as always, is Miss Olivia Garman. Hi. What movie are we going to be taking a look at today? The Grinch. The Grinch. Of course, based on the famous Dr. Seuss book, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And we're all very familiar with the TV special of the same name. Then there was the Jim Carrey version. But Livy and I saw The Grinch this weekend. And Livy, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah, I could tell that you did. Who is your favorite character, do you think, in the movie? Cindy Lou. Yeah, Cindy Lou Who has a much bigger role in this film than she had in the TV special. And I think that really added to Olivia's enjoyment of this film. What did you think of The Grinch? I liked him too. Yeah. The Grinch has, of course, a couple animal friends that he works with. There's a new one in this film, but who does he... What animals does The Grinch have? Um... The Grinch has his dog, Max, and a moose, I think. I think it's a reindeer, but it's a big, big, fat reindeer. Yeah, a reindeer named Fred. Yeah, and he's very funny. The stuff with the animals in this movie is great. As you can imagine, they expanded the storyline because they had to make a you know an hour and a half movie out of it. And can you give people just a brief idea of what the story is, Libby? Um... The story is about the Grinch who doesn't like Christmas and he doesn't like how the Who's celebrate Christmas. So he decides he's going to do what? Ruin Christmas for them. Yeah. Livy, what was one of your favorite parts of the movie? Um, my favorite part was seeing the Christmas tree. But a really funny part was the goat because he kept following the Grinch. There is a great recurring gag with a goat and the Grinch. And uh, you may have seen it in the trailer, but if you haven't, we're not going to spoil it for you because it is a very funny moment. Me, personally, I liked when Fred the reindeer was was eating whipped cream right out of the can, too. That was a funny moment. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of laughs in this movie. We had a lot of good times. So what lesson do you think the Grinch learns at the end of this movie? I think he learns to not be alone because he's been alone since... Since he was a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think maybe that's why he was so angry and maybe why he didn't like Christmas? Yes. And once he finds love in his heart, then, well, he's a much happier person, right? Yeah. I think that's a pretty good lesson for all of us to learn, not just the Grinch. And also the message that Christmas isn't all about presents and decorations and things like that was a a little lost in this version of the story, but I think that was kind of in there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great Christmas movie for the whole family. It certainly is the best version of this story we've seen in a long time. And Livy, you know, every movie reviewer has a rating system. Some use stars, some use thumbs. What do you use? Hearts. Yeah. On a scale of one to five, One being lowest, five being the best. How many stars would you give The Grinch? Four and a half. Wow, that's a pretty high rating. You haven't haven't rated a movie that high in a while. You must have really liked this. 
Yes, I did. Yeah. I think uh, Livy and I can both recommend The Grinch for all the kids in your family and hell, even the even the grown-up kids too. So that's it for this episode of Livy at the Movies. Livy, thank you so much for spending some time with us. You're welcome. Last night was an all-new episode of Family Guy, and as many of you may know, I do voices on Family Guy, but we get so many people who leave voicemails and write in questions saying, I watched the show last night and I couldn't identify which one was you. Who did you play? And that's why sometimes on a Monday we'll play some clips from last night's Family Guy and let you know who I played. Now, Eddie loves my theme song for this because I did it myself in a rush, and it basically goes, who Ralph played? Oh, get a live performance. Yes, because awesome. we have a new one, which no. I think may be better than Ugh. mine. We'll have to let people decide. All right. But this one is coming from a guy with talent who also does a Peter Griffin impression, oh. and he put together this new intro for All the right. segment. Did he play? Ralph Garman voiced a tune today. What line did he say? It's time to play your favorite game. Cause who'd Ralph Garman play on Family Guy? Yeah. What do you think? That's pretty great. It's pretty good, That's pretty right? Great. I think it beats mine I, uh, by a lot. <laughs> I know you uh, like mine because it's so awful. Can we just bring it out every once in a while? We'll just bring it out every once in a while. Well, all right, let's compare. <laughs> Ralph play. It's not quite as good, I think. Ralph It'll always have a special place in my heart. Anyway, here's the first <laughs> clip. Here's who I played last night. All right, settle down, you yucks. We got a new student, Chris Griffin. So everybody give him an A. 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 Look at that. Your first day and you got all A's. Come here. Let me pinch your cheek. Got all A's. <laughs> You're expressing affection and dominance. That's right. Chris Griffin went to vocational school last night, and I was his stereotypically Italian teacher. All right, Chris. A big part of being a mechanic is being completely shocked when somebody hasn't had a particular item on a restaurant menu. Hey, Chrissy, we're thinking about going over to Pete's. You want a bread sandwich? What's a bread sandwich? What? You never had a bread sandwich from Pete's? So if you guessed I was the vocational school teacher last night, then you won. And before we say goodbye, it's time to kick off this week's celebrity interview. I spent some time with my buddy Bobby Slayton, one of the great stand-up club comics uh, working today. And he's just such a funny guy, and it has a great backstory. I think you're really going to like this conversation. Here's the first installment of this week's celebrity interview with Bobby Slayton. This is going to be fun. This is one of my favorite people in the world, not just because he's a good guy and a friend, but very few people make me laugh harder than the pit bull of comedy himself, Mr. Bobby Slayton. How wow, you? you don't understand the pressure you put me on. By the way, how long have you been doing this podcast for? Uh, since January, so oh, okay. almost a year. Okay, almost a year. Okay, not too bad, but there's a lot of people, I'll do their podcast, and I'll say, how long have you been doing the podcast? Oh, like five, ten years. So it's like you've run out of people, so now you have to have, I thought, oh, he's calling me up, really wants me out of here. No, I've pretty much run out of, I've gone through my whole phone book twice, and now i got to, oh, yes, yeah, Slayton. But you didn't do that, but you know, when I finally did a Young Comedian special, HBO used to do, remember the Rodney Dangerfield Young Comedian special? Sure, yeah. And uh, Rodney only did it for five, six years, and then I, I, they had different hosts. I did it with John Larroquette. But so when I was a young comic many, many years ago, HBO started doing it. And I remember the first one, uh, first couple of, you know, you could, people could Google it. But it's like Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Maher, um, um, 
people even Roseanne. I don't. I don't even think she was big back then. Jim so, Carrey was on one. Wasn't I, he? I, he was probably on one. Yeah. And and you know I was working as much as those guys, but they were. And we're going back. Oh my, I don't know, thirty years ago. I, it was a long time ago. So they were more famous than me. I go, okay, well they use five, six guys each show. And then maybe I'll get the next one. And then the next one, I think it was like Dennis Miller and Dana Carvey and, and in whoever it was. So by the seventh or eighth, I'm going, come on, I'm in one of the top club comics in the country. I'm working as much as or more than anybody. And then there were a few people, Harry Anderson, Ellen DeGeneres, I should have got it before them. I'm working. And then, so finally, I get the 11th Young Comedian Special. And it was a really good lineup. I don't remember, it was me, uh, the late Rick Dukeman, a few other very funny comics. And I'm going, so they've gone through about 60 comedians before they finally got to me. So, same thing with you, kind of. No, you were quite. on my list. You were on my on my my first list, the A list. Okay. I will get to the Bs, but as of right now, I, Dave Grohl's going to be doing it soon. You got here before Dave Grohl did. I so love Dave that's Grohl. That's all you need to know. You, you know, know I, I saw him the other day on, on, on Ventura Boulevard, and I was going to say something to him. Uh, that he was just on the cover of Rolling Stone, and, um, you know, the fact that that guy could play drums and guitar you know, and sing like a motherfucker. It's amazing. And write. And write songs. He's, he's it makes brilliant. me feel so, I come up with a new joke every couple of weeks. And, wow, I'm doing, I'm the next Seinfeld. <laughs> myself but, on the back. By the way, you know the best thing about doing your podcast, the greatest thing about this is you live five minutes from me. And and in LA, that's why I said, where do you live? Not that I wouldn't have come, I would have got to Culver <laughs> City where I used to do your old radio show, you know, Kevin and Bean, but right. you know, that was a schlep. Yes. You know, and that's like right by them is this pizza place that I love. Roberta's just opened up. For oh yeah. People yeah. know LA. And I met a friend of mine. Uh, and I to drive down there, I get on the 405, not even during rush hour, was such a pain in the ass. And then I said, look, I got to meet you before lunchtime and get back before two, because the traffic, as you know, in this town is Yeah, is rush horrendous. hour starts at noon. So when I found out you live five to six minutes away from me, my girlfriend also lives five to six minutes away from me. What shocked me is that I didn't know my girlfriend lived with you. And that's, <laughs> and that's where the A-list comedy comes, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, good night, ladies and gentlemen. You're a great crowd. Make sure but, you tip your weight staff. <laughs> yeah, but if I knew she, if she would have lived in Santa Monica, because I'm right here in Sherman Oaks, I'm not sure how successful this relationship would have been because L.A., you know, it's it's a nightmare. And it's getting worse. And yes. the older I get, the less tolerance I have for that bullshit. Absolutely. My world is getting smaller because I just want to fucking be left alone and just right. be pl- be near everything. I thought President Trump would have fixed everything, but I'd rather not talk about him. He promised Are you tired of winning yet? Huh? Are you tired of winning yet? Oh, I'm so tired. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the, so the thing was great. When I, when I Googled your address, I go, Oh my God, he's he's right by the nursery I'm going to after this. I can buy plants, and I can, I'm gardening now that I don't have a lot of work coming in. I don't really love gardening, but I mean, you know, by by five six o'clock at night, I feel like I've accomplished something. It's hard for me to open a bottle of wine unless I go. Well, I deserve it. I I, I did a lot of work today. Look, I planted a rose. Bush. I planted. I just bought a a, a a mattress bed spring thing. I got to put together. I got a big day. That bottle of wine is going to be. I might even open it at four o'clock. <laughs> You drink every night. I find oh, myself yeah. drinking every night now. Every night. Yeah. Do you do? Yeah. Um, wine. Mostly wine. Mostly wine. Well, you know, it's funny because in the clubs, and I still do it, and I don't play it that many clubs anymore, but when I do, I'll have like usually maybe a vodka or two before I go on stage, and then I'll go back to my room. I'll go to a restaurant if it's still up and have some wine, but uh, at home, I never drink hard booze. Yeah. But I do find myself drinking earlier and earlier and more and more. Not to the point where I'm a functioning alcoholic. I am functioning, but you know, you know, I get the metabolism of a hummingbird. I mean, here we are in the morning. You I are. You're ridiculous. And, I, and so I have. You have to gain an ounce of weight. Never since in the past 15 years that I've known you. Not not any weight. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, matter of fact, I just I'm 63. 
years old. Shut up. You're 63. Yeah. I should I tell never would have guessed. Really. Literally, I never would have guessed. No, but, you know, and I, and I just had my checkup, but I'm going, you know, I, I kind of was hoping something would be wrong with me so I could change my lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> be forced into living? I thought, I thought maybe, my liver, my, maybe my liver was shot would give me a reason. And the doctor said, you know, your liver's perfect, your blood sugar's perfect. I'm going, well, you know, I, I do eat very healthy. But to make up for that, since I'm not doing blow anymore and I'm not drinking <laughs> vodka anymore. I mean, I'll do it if you got it. I just don't know where to get it anymore. Right, sure. Um, but I, so I work out every day. And, but about four o'clock in the afternoon, I start to cook and crack open a bottle of wine. And I usually, but and I, so I do a bottle, bottle half a night. What about you? How much? Yeah, about a bottle. Yeah. About a bottle. Usually, the wife will have a glass or two, and I'll I'll polish off the rest. Yeah. Well, since yeah. I don't have my wife around anymore, I'm drinking for two. Yeah. So I have the pressure <laughs> of drinking for two. So you know, so that's a lot of pressure. I just want to keep her memory alive with the alcohol. You mentioned your girlfriend, and and Teddy, of course, passed away in that tragic yeah. accident. And you have a new relationship yeah. now. What's it like now, dating after all those years of marriage? It's bizarre. I can how, imagine. How, how, how long have you been married? I've been married uh, 13 years. Well, it's very bizarre because, um, is that the garbage truck in the background? No, it's the leaf blower guy. Oh, the leaf blower? Yeah, can just ignore him. No, it's good. It's good you have a whole staff here. He's a leaf blower. and People don't realize that you have a, an entire staff of servants. Oh, yes. Amazing. Yes. It's like Mar-a-Lago, this place. Um, <laughs> I have the best leaf blowers of any leaf blower. <laughs> um, no, but I'll tell you what was bizarre about the dating thing, because I was married for 30 years. Wow. And then she died, you know, she was hit by a car in Mexico and died at a hospital here. We sued him, won a little bit of money, not much, but... Um, but what was weird was after my wife passed away, I was alone in my house. And the silver lining was, you know, my daughter had grown up and moved out. It, 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 it's nice to be by yourself. Not that you want your wife to die, your daughter to grow up, but isn't there something to be said when it's nice and quiet in the house? Depends on who you are. I think some people thrive under those circumstances and some people struggle under those circumstances. I think you're like me. We like our alone time sometimes. Yeah. You know, you like a little solitude. You like to be with your thoughts. You like yourself. Yeah. You like to spend time with yourself. Yes. Not everybody's that way, buddy. But when you see, the thing is, though, is I lived for years on the road. Right. So you're at a Holiday Inn in Jacksonville, Florida. You're playing the Looney Bin. And I, actually, I never got booked at the Looney Bin. There's a Looney Bin in Tulsa and Wichita. And they, I, they won't even return my calls. I want too much money, which is nothing. But I, you know, to be in a Hampton Inn in Tulsa playing the Looney Bin, um, you know, either you kill yourself, you know, either you strangle yourself like Anthony Bourdain and Robin Williams did, or or you just say, I got to be strong. Wrong. I'm not going to drink myself to death. So you got to go to the gym, got to walk around, got to go to the mall for the third time that day. You got to make it work. And you got to make it work. So I'm used to being by myself. Yeah. And, and I think when you're a comic, you know, it also, you, you walk around talking to yourself a lot. You know, I walk around, I walk down the street talking to myself. Now people think I'm on the phone. So, <laughs> but I, but I, I think the only way to work out bits, and you'll, you'll, I'm sure you do it too. You know, if you, have, you, know, you, you walk around and you, you, you say things out loud and yeah, so, you know, because I do voices and character voices and impressions. Got to work on them, exactly. I'm always doing something out loud that, that people think I'm. Well, okay, to. even more than a comic, there is no way, and I, I don't do voices, but I can't imagine there's any way to do a voice unless you work on it out loud and you tape it and you listen to it and you work on it. So it's the same thing. Yeah. And when I put my dog down last week, I was talking to you about that. That was the most horrible thing that I've ever had to go through in my life. But he was like your dog. He barked so much and he was so sick and so old. So now it's been four days that I'm alone in this house without well, the wife I'm used to not having her around. But the dog, you know, it's total silence in my mm, house. Yeah, right. And it's cool and it's great, but it's, it's, it's you know, sad. 
Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. More with Bobby tomorrow. Of course, all the entertainment news. I think we're going to have to do another round of the world's greatest stripper songs tomorrow. We're getting uh, so many recommendations. <laughs> I'm excited. All that and the usual shenanigans. Come on back for tomorrow's show. I love you. I mean it. Bye.